Someone's asking about the Mr. Irrelevant. And what I've got my sights set on is Mr. Irrelevant. When I first got it, you're thinking, man, Mr. Irrelevant. Man, I don't want to be that guy. Evening, welcome back to Misters Irrelevant, an NFL Niffle podcast with your boy Pod Drew. Welcome back. I know you've been here before. Maybe you're stumbling upon this for the first time. Back for the first time. You're in good hands tonight because we have X's to talk about. We have O's to talk about. Formations, nickel package, dime package. Hell, there's even sometimes a quarter package. I've seen that one on Madden. Uh, but of course, I couldn't do it without my trusty sidekick, not sidekick, my trusty co-host, E-Nam, as I affectionately like to call him, but we'll see what he likes to call himself. How are you doing, E-Nam? Yes, sir. I'm doing great. It's your boy, young, uh, young game ball out here, just uh, ready to do this podcast uh, that you promised me about what to do with the pyramid of cat litter boxes that stack up in your room and you don't know what to do with them because they're not plastic. They're not paper. Ooh. They're not just garbage. And I don't know where to put them. Yeah, you know what? A young game ball. I know I promised you I'd let you go on a rant about that, you know, 10, 20 minutes. Um, we don't have time for it on this one because there's a lot of X's and O's to talk, a lot of football to talk about. But I promise you, you know, soon. We'll do that one soon. All right. right? Well, I'm sure the, uh, the island-sized garbage collection in the South Pacific can wait. Yeah, I think it, I mean, islands can grow pretty big. Look at Australia, for example. That's technically an island, right? It's huge. I'm so. pretty sure the uh, the island is as large as Australia. Maybe even as large as Africa. We don't know. Well, I mean, when you think about it, Africa is like an island. Maybe it's connected a little bit. That's practically not. I mean, when you think about it, the whole world's not. Never mind. Uh, I take it since you're talking cats, you're back. Uh, you're out of the shy this time because you're, you're all about the dogs. Yes, sir, I'm back home with my babies and they are loving it. Great. They uh, who watches them when you're gone? By the way, or do they need to be my watched girlfriend cats? for a couple of days and then my roommate? It was no big deal. Um. Yes. Very uh, standard answer. I guess that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know what you were expecting me to say. <laughs> I don't know what. I was literally just thinking. Wait, do cats even? Yeah, but they do. They need to get oh, fed yeah. or whatever. I guess. Not like dogs, where you gotta have someone no, walk. Not nearly that high maintenance. They okay. really just needed food. Got it. So, anyway, how was your time at, in the shy for Thanksgiving? I was great. You know, I uh, played with a baby and then played, like, 15 hours of a video game because, no shade, my uh, brother and his wife were too busy with their baby to hang out with me. Played some board Rude. games, got stranded in the Midwest for two days extra by snow, worried about getting fired. We're all good, but, you know. Okay, you, you are I not fired. I not fired. I'm very valuable. Oh, okay. So, and you just kind of spent four or five days, actually. I thought about trying. Sounds it. like. Yeah. Well, I had a good time myself. I was uh, post-Thanksgiving the weekend, this past weekend, I was in the Nasty oh, Natty. Oh, you were? That's right. Visiting my friend and uh, and his family. He, so I hung out with some babies, too. Myself, 
One was a literal baby, like two months old. Uh, and the other one is his daughter, who's like two and a that's half. That's still technically a baby. Yeah, it's, she's like a baby. So I got her a present that's like a inflatable reindeer. That's, uh, that's like a cool present for kids I found. And she loved it. So basically, uh, Uncle Drew was in the house t- treating the children. Right. Right. Sounds like a home run. Also a home run, more of a touchdown, was my time also spent in Paul Brown Stadium this past Sunday, where I uh, was party to the best Browns football game I've ever attended, hands down. I don't think there's even a close second, to be That's honest. That's a little sad, but I'm, but I'm happy for you. Yes, it is, certainly. But, uh, yeah, it's because, like, I'd never been to a game before where the Browns just pretty much dominate and blow a team out from from jump at, which is basically what happened did you see uh, anything that did you see oh, yeah, the highlights? I saw highlights yeah that game was interesting to me i want you to talk about it first i want to play a little game that i just thought of myself flipping the tables on you here i know that was the best browns game that you've seen in person in your life was it the best browns game you've ever seen <laughs> just period <laughs> well i have to think about it i mean from the perspective of it's one of the safest I've felt that we're actually going to get the victory. I mean, it was like 28 nothing at one point, early into the second quarter, or halfway through or whatever. Let me think. I mean, there's bigger wins, I guess, that we've had. I don't know. I mean, again, it's sad, but I can't, I can't think of, at least in the past five years, six years, uh, I can't really think of anything better. I mean, I, I really enjoyed the, the game before this one, too. So they, they had a bye the week previous, and then... Uh, I think we mentioned I mentioned it our last podcast, but they they had beaten the Falcons the week before that, which I just watched at home. But that uh, was one of the best games I've seen in a while. Also, I mean, this was probably the best offensive game I've seen, one of the best offensive games I've can remember seeing from yeah. them. Yeah, I guess if you look at it too, like some I I can't even think of an example necessarily, but. Some games are so great because there's a back and forth or it's, cl- you know, close or there's big play at the end yeah. or something like that. I'm sure I've seen a game like that where I would probably say, oh, it was better overall of a game. But for just an in-person experience, this was about as good as it gets. I mean, also, there is, it's in Ohio still, you know, it's four hours away from Cleveland or whatever. And there's more enthusiasm about the Browns than the Bengals right now, I think so. It was half full of Browns fans, at least, I would say. And by the end of the game, even and more the than And Hugh Jackson of it all. Yeah, Hugh Jackson. We'll get into that, certainly. Um, but yeah, for your question, yeah, I mean, this was, I, I can't say for sure it was the best, period, but probably top five and, or top ten at least, and, and in person, certainly gotcha, the best. Gotcha. I have two that I want you to rank it against before I let you move on from this. Yeah, Browns yeah, games. Yeah. The okay, Mangini game where you beat the Patriots by double digits. Yeah. That yeah, was that better. was better. Okay. Yeah. Also, definitely. in like 2009 or 2010, you beat the Saints. Mm-hmm. That's the same season you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like three interceptions, two of them uh, back for touchdowns. So also, we had a fake punt that went for a lot, like 40 yards in that one. I remember yeah, that was fun. Yeah. So in the hierarchy of these games, I would still put that one third, that Saints one. That yeah, that season that was two big wins, probably two or five or <laughs> wins that season or whatever. But uh, with Man Genius, but yeah, that beating the Pats bad is yeah. There's not really much better than that. I mean, I guess you know some Steelers ones we've had. We don't we don't usually get them by more than 
into, into double digits if we are able to beat them at all. But yeah, this was good. I mean, it's still, it's still the bungles, you know. But yeah, with the hue element too and everything, and it's just it was really exciting to see the offense, Baker, Chubb, and everyone like really clicking well. Yeah, you've got some players on that team which I haven't been able to say for a long time, minus that one preseason game when I thought Barkevius Mingo was going to be a thing. Oh boy, I think he might play for the page. All right, he, he he was he had a cup of coffee at least with the Pats post Browns. I don't know if he's still there. I think he's in the league, but yeah, he's not. He's Pretty almost a bust, I would say. But anyway, so yeah, when you're saying that we have players, I think partially it's because of, I mean, it's almost like you know the Thunder were bad for a lot of years there, and they they got the talent after that. I'm trying to think of another example like that if you can think of one. But it's kind of like oh, the Sixers obviously stuff like that. I mean, it's kind of getting to that point that sooner or later you're gonna hit on some players. And also, I get give John Dorsey a lot of credit. He obviously did a great job with this past draft, and I'm excited to see what he's gonna do in the future here and, and who's, which coach he's going to get for us uh, unless Craig Williams stays on if we, like, win out the season or There's something. There's no way. I think we win out the season and make the playoffs but with some help. It's still possible, although highly unlikely. But if if the miracle essentially happens, I think they have to keep him for another season. Other than that, yeah, I would say we'll be getting a new head coach and excited to see, like I said, what Dorsey comes up with there i do think the chiefs i I mean the knock on him i guess or why they fired him was because of some money mismanagement with the older players like the veteran players their contracts or whatever but i mean he also drafted them mahomes kelsey all these guys that are a superstar team for them now i I think the chiefs clearly must have made a mistake there i don't know exactly what well i mean to play devil's advocate there, the Chiefs' defense is in a rather sorry state. Yeah, but with that, it's partially because, like, Eric Berry and a lot of their stars on defense just haven't played this year. Yeah, so. is Eric Berry the one who had, like, literal cancer in the middle of the season a couple years ago? Yeah, he did. And then he came back. Yeah, he came back that Shout season. Shout out to all my Eric's out there. Oh, that's right. Fellow... E-Bear over there, Eric Berry, young survivor. But I think, at least, I don't know if it's still the case, but at one point in the season, the Chiefs' entire secondary was all backups. Like, they're all four of their starters were mm. hurt. So. And the, the league this year, as we've talked about the past few podcasts, is defense is low on the, the totem pole this year, unless you're like the Bears and maybe a couple other teams. Like the Cowboys? Okay, I mean, the Cowboys are... Are uh, are up there? I mean, I, I've uh, we'll, we'll talk about them in just a minute in detail. But would you say just to billboard that? Would you say the Cowboys D is what's been winning them the past a few games where they've looked hot or more? I maybe don't want to spend these bullets before we have to talk about the Cowboys. The okay. defense is definitely the the broader part of it. Also, I think of the Amari Cooper trade while a bit ill-advised, has done wonders for our offense. We have a threat at receiver. We have someone who demands attention, if nothing else. Scheming around that, it helps Zeke out, it helps Dak out. Everybody who was in the perfect position two years ago when they looked like world beaters, now isn't getting scouted every week as, okay, if we stop this guy, this offense is done. Um, And I think that's helping. Yeah. Now, when you said ill-advised, maybe that Cooper trade... Do you really think that, or what would have to happen for the Cowboys the rest of the season for you to say that 
it was a good trade, or would it be past the season? One playoff win and like? a very close loss. And, and I'll say that it was worth a first-round pick. Okay. I mean, it's, it's feasible. It certainly looks like they could. I think in that division, they should be able to win that one out. Especially with Alex yeah, Smith injury. Yeah, but then I want to. Yeah, but then I want to beat the Vikings or Seahawks. I mean, that's definitely possible. It's doable for sure. Yeah, I mean the Cowboys and Seahawks. I feel like they've had some games in the past playoff wise. No, yeah. I'm not sure that's true. Wasn't that that against the Seahawks with the Romo um, snap or you know hold? I mean, I don't know fumble. what you're talking about. Oh, you are you? You're just okay. <laughs> yeah. The laces were in. Oh, yeah, so they've never played yet. Sorry to bring up bad memories there. Anyway, yeah, we're going to... So the Cowboys play tonight in a matter of hours here, Thursday night, um, and it's a good game. We're going to get all into it. But back to the... Just to finish up with the Browns-Bungles game, Hugh Jackson, you mentioned, uh, like, all the talk this week has been about, like, Baker's comments about him and, like, after the game, not really giving him love and all that stuff. What's your take on that? Here's the thing. All the hairs in my body are standing straight out. I fucking love it. One of our major criticisms as a sports observing culture, uh, at least people our age who are on the internet a lot, is that so many football players give interviews where they're just like, oh, you know, we played the game. We played our game. Hey, you have a good fight. I'm glad we got out there. We did what we wanted to do. We should play a little harder. We made a win. We, we got it happen. Those interviews are boring, they tell us absolutely nothing, and it is extremely refreshing to have a player like Baker Mayfield in the league who is going to absolutely drown his head coach in a pool, his former head coach, in a pool of shade. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Also, like, the argument against, I guess, is, like, people are, I, I've heard the argument, like, oh, Jackson, you know, it, it's, He's fired, right? He didn't choose to leave, so he can do whatever he wants, get a paycheck, whatever. But, I mean, the, the, he's still getting paid for the season. Uh, and, like, obviously going down to the rival team, who he played twice, is, like, a personal shot. May, also, I think he's angling for the head coaching job there. The story came about, out about that, like, an hour before game time. But even just because he was fired, I mean, Hugh Jackson's it made more money than most people in the world in the past couple of years to win three games or whatever feeling sorry for him like he has to get get a paycheck because he gets fired is is kind of ridiculous to me but i, I hear that yeah, argument yeah i mean week. he's he's marvin lewis's boy and marvin lewis is taking care of his boy uh he was the architect of a very good Bengals offense uh he was a terrible head coach and like most men in positions of relative power before him uh showed his absolute ass when questioned reasonably uh, and he should never be a head coach in the NFL again. He should never be an offensive coordinator in the NFL again. He he can be a quarterback's coach. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, how much... Uh, now I'm pondering how much of his success at coordinator was just due to having A.J. Green and a lot of good players Well, it wasn't just team. A.J. Green. It was Mohamed Sanu. That was Gio Bernard and um, whoever, whoever took that uh, role from Bernard. Yeah, Jeremy there Hill. was another wide receiver on that team that, like, they both left the, the team the year after. Those were good pieces, uh, especially having uh, a top, you know, eight wide receiver like A.J. Green out there. Well, what they had one of their receivers passed away. Yeah, I said... No, I'm thinking Cedric Benson. I don't, I don't know that wide receiver's name. Tate? Yeah. So, uh, uh, well, anyway, I think he was, like, 
essentially a snake oil salesman in terms of like because I was excited too when he when we hired him. Browns fans were excited coming off of that. Um, Bengals wanted Bengals fans wanted him to replace Marvin at the time, um, but he, just from how he acts and like all his uh, press conferences, he gives everything. And, and when we see what happens, watch Hard Knocks, all that. Like it seems like he just says what people want to hear or says what owners want to hear or reporters or whatever it is, but doesn't equal anything like so uh anyway but that, that's enough about you but I thought it was interesting too I guess because like people I was at the game obviously but a lot of people said that they were showing him like he was the head coach or even more than they show a head coach normally <laughs> yeah. like, so Is it I enough mean, about you because I kind of want to talk about the game ball oh yeah we didn't mention that no I, I said I, I also I just said enough about you and then I said another thing so yeah no we don't have to have enough about him yeah, the game ball, Demarius Randall. I didn't see, like, at the game also, I didn't see that. Obviously, I saw the pick and everything. I didn't see, like, that he gave it to Hugh. And then one of the people I was with, you know, was on Twitter or I got a text from their friend or something, and they mentioned it. And then I look at, looked into it, and I was like, oh, wow, this really happened. Then, obviously, I watched the the highlight of it 20 times after that. Oh, yeah. But uh, Dude, I love the way, it, like, it's an absolute flex the entire way. But I love the way he could have gotten eight more yards up the sideline. Uh, but he slowed his he slowed his trot. He he spotted Hugh and and he just stepped out of bounds so that he could do that. And that yeah. uh, that's power. Yeah. Also, yeah. Jabril Peppers had, in his press conference or whatever said like Randall could have taken it to the house, pick six, and like he just chose to do that, which is not true. If you look at the replay, there's absolutely no way he no, would have gotten. He had that. eight yards at most. I was being generous, but. Also, if you look, Hugh doesn't even realize really what's going on right away. He, like, taps Randall on the helmet, and then he, like, realizes what, what that means and, like, drops the ball. Like, it even takes him a, a couple seconds to even realize he's getting fouled. Yeah, yeah, which is another warning sign of, like, one of the world's best owns. Which, like, he, he didn't understand as it was happening what was happening. Yeah, yeah, it was great. It was, it was hilarious, well, it's just, I think. Oh, I'm a clown. yeah. I mean, even even Bengals fans th- think that's funny. I think, um, and if he if they really are gonna hire Hugh Jackson and Marvin's gonna retire or go to the front office or whatever, I mean, it's just gonna be more. I, I really think Bengals fans are going to give up at some point or like be like enough already. Like, like some of these stats you see about Marvin Lewis, you know, they show everything. Like when Marvin Lewis came into the league, this was what's happening. Like. The Matrix was entering theaters or something like something crazy like yeah. that. Like, like so, like if you look at the list, like CBS or whoever comes up with for this stuff, it's it's crazy that he's been yeah, around so long. The thing is, like, I don't even like. I don't. I'm not interested in making fun of Marvin Lewis. He is uh, a product of the last decade of football, and he needs to go. But like, also, the Bengals were a terrible franchise for whom I have a random soft spot. They're one of you know the six franchises that I always say that about. Is there any reason why? Like, why do you? Why is? Why is that the case? Uh, they they were they were so terrible for so long. I think that it's that's true for them and the Saints, having enjoyed you know very different levels of success since. But um, like he saved that franchise. They were a joke for what twenty thirty years before that, and they've made the playoffs like five six times in the last ten year, uh, fifteen years. Yeah, but they not, didn't want to get a game among them. No, they've lost some pretty miserable playoff games to, the, like, the fucking Texans. Two of the... Yeah, it's like the Texans every year, I feel like. Uh, but two of the three longest 
tenured head coaches, I would even hesitate to say arguably, it deserve to be fired. Him and McCarthy. Uh, Belichick, obviously not. Yeah, but McCarthy's got to go. I don't see the benefit. Uh, it seems... I think there's two different things going on with the two examples. Like, in the Cincinnati case, I feel like the owners just don't care. Like, as long as people will buy tickets, they can make money. I don't. It doesn't seem like they actually care about winning. That's what I would think if I was a Bengals fan. And well, then, they never did before, Marvin Lewis. Yeah, so maybe, maybe it's built on that. Um, and then with McCarthy, it's like they have that whole weird situation where no one actually owns the team or the city owns it or whatever. So I don't know who actually makes these de- firing decisions and whatever, but I think he's probably... Yeah, been- Green Bay's got like a board situation, um, but it is owned by not the city, but the but fans. So it's not it's not based on a city or county or some I don't think like it's that. owned by like a municipal entity. I think okay. it's um it's crowdfunded, consumer owned, publicly huh. owned. That's the thing. Publicly owned. Yeah, but I'm just thinking who's in that public like who is part of what that I'm sure it's only open means. to residents of Green Bay, Wisconsin. Okay. Which is not a small But, but it's city. not like the municipal government of Green Bay, Wisconsin. Got it. Got it. Well, yeah, I'm not thinking, like, the mayor of Green Bay is, like, has the firing power. We never, but... No, and fucking Ted is just never going to go away, and he has built such rotten teams around a once-in-a-generation player. Yeah, and that one Super Bowl is also what's helping McCarthy and Ted and anyone, too, like, so... A Super but... Bowl eight years ago would not yeah. help a-, a coach on any other team in the... Yeah, except maybe the Bengals, but... Um... <laughs> but, anyway, yeah, so... Of the original Mr. Irrelevant, well, not even the original Mr. Irrelevant, but what I would call Mr. Irrelevant Prime with me, you, and she's had Marv, uh, obviously I'm a Packers fan, you Cowboys, me Browns. This season, actually right now, I think the Browns and Packers have the same record, which is crazy since they both have a tie, (laughs) yeah. Uh, And your team is actually doing the best, but but yeah, I wish it would have been more exciting one of these past two years if that was the case. For me, at least, but I I would even say the Browns are on a better trajectory right now than than the Packers this season. Trajectory for the future or trajectory for the like even for the rest of the season. season. Uh even at least even with just excitement about the that's team. That's hard for not. me to say because you can never give Aaron Rodgers more than forty two seconds to score uh, eight points. Mm-hmm. But it's been bad. Uh, he he's clearly not happy. Uh, Mike McCarthy needs to go, and I don't know that he will. No, I don't know if he will either, though. He, de- he should, as we've said. I'm going to real quick look at this, the remaining schedules for Browns, and I kind of know what that one is, but I want to look at the Packers. The Packers have a kind of soft schedule. Okay, I was going to say, who do we think will even finish with a better Yeah, let's record? do this. Yeah, no, well, not looking at it right now, the Packers set schedule is, is pretty cheese right here. One hard game on it. Two divisional games, so those could both be hard. But uh, they've got Cardinals this week. But the wrong divisional games. They've, they've seen the Bears twice, right? No, no. So right, I'll read off the schedule here. Home for Cardinals. Home for the other Dirty Bird Falcons. On the road at Shy. On the road at New York Jets. Home for the Lions. I think so. the Packers lose to Chicago. I think they lose yeah. to... Either the Jets or Falcons randomly, and then they pick up those other three. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you on that. Uh, I think they need to win out, to certainly for the division. But they cannot make the playoffs if they lose another game. 
effect is it, are you is that definitely uh, we just true? said the same thing by the way uh i'm sorry uh <laughs> um but yeah i think that's true oh no i was said uh, i was talking about the winning the division they definitely would need to win out i would assume but i don't know about for just a wild card or something if they lose another game i was i was looking i'm specifically looking at this but of course now i don't remember um if they lose another game and any of the contenders for the wild card spots win another game win uh, two they cannot make it okay so because like they can't catch seattle they could catch carolina yeah and Carolina's certainly not lighting it up or anything. I feel like they're yeah. losing every week. Somehow they're... But they can't catch Vikings because of the tiebreaker. Right. Because the Vikings just won against them on this past Sunday night. Which was a, a yeah. decent game. I mean, I guess if they win out, they could catch the Vikings. I'm sorry. You know what I mean, though. Bears are pretty much controlling that division. And then, yeah, the Browns' remaining schedule is uh, at Texans this week. That should be a good one. Home for Panthers. At Broncos. Home for Bengals, I mean Bengals, and at Ravens. So definitely a harder yeah, schedule. Yeah, here's the thing. That might be four losses. I need I need to prepare you for that. And you've had a triumph of a season oh, yeah, so far be. coming off a one-win season last year. The Bengals, that's almost a guaranteed win at this point, I would say. Especially what we just did down there. And considering Dalton's out for the year now and everything like that. Other than that, it could be four losses, but with their very slim playoff chances, the good thing about keeping... A, a sliver of hope alive is that a lot of the remaining teams on the schedule are you know teams that are also kind of in the hunt right now are a little bit ahead of them so they can make up ground yeah possible. i think you're ahead of the ravens right no now. ravens have a better record but we play them so that's yeah. good so the afc north right now is steelers seven three and one ravens six and five bungles five and six browns four oh, six and wow one. i did not know the ravens had won six games well, they've won. A, they've they have a little winning streak going, I believe. Uh, Lamar Jackson, the headlining the last two of those, and there's there might be a little controversy there. I don't think there should be, but there no, might I don't be, think there's um, any controversy. Lamar Jackson starts. As but they haven't come out and said no. I'm sorry, I don't like think that, there should right? be any controversy. Yeah, Joe Flacco yeah. is ass. He's always been ass. He got hot for three games on a team with a defense that put him in the perfect position, uh, and they got. A miracle touchdown uh, off of a punt return by a person who wasn't in the league two years later. Yeah, Joe Flacco's ass. Teddy Bridgewater's ex- or no? God damn it! I did it again. They're both from Louisville. Teddy Bridgewater. They're both from Louisville. <laughs> okay, we're not talking two gloves, Teddy, right now. We're talking uh, Lightning Lamar. Yeah, Lamar Jackson's real fucking famous. good. Uh, he's exciting, if nothing else. Um, and I think just yeah. do it. Yeah, actually, let me let me dial up the Ravens' remaining schedule and see what that looks like. Obviously, they're home for the Browns the last game, but before that, they are at the Falcons this weekend, at the Chiefs, home for the Bucks, at the Bolts, and then yeah, Browns throughout it out. That's not that's not too, too easy of a schedule. Uh, that could be two to three losses. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, I would think so. I mean, at the Falcons, they should be able to get it done this week. Who knows? But uh, oh yeah, home for the Bucks. If they're at the Bucks, it might be a little tougher, but they should get that. The ch- at the Chiefs and Chargers, those are tough, and who knows what it's going to happen in Week 17. But yeah, I definitely think Lamar should start. I think it'd be foolish to bring Flacco back. But sometimes when guys get have such a reputation, or not even reputation, but have such a 
uh, had the job for so long. I guess it's well, hard I mean, for... I, I get the Ravens' like organization. They're kind of pot-committed to Joe Flacco. They have spent a ton of money on him. And you had to, because you can't lose your quarterback after he, he helps you win the Super Bowl. That defense won the Super Bowl for them. But he's bad. Like, he isn't good. Yeah. I mean, he's at, at the very... Uh, best he's inconsistent I would say his stats are trash he fails the eye test yeah. uh, he has a he has a cannon of an arm and there for the three years where even in the regular season and playoffs it looked like you know maybe he was maybe he was a top 15 quarterback he had I'm I'm forgetting the, the man's name uh, he had that wide receiver who led the league in DPI's drawn would just take the top off a of defense be wide open be about yeah. to be wide open and have somebody grab his jersey yeah, Tory yeah, Smith in his prime did Joe Flacco a ton of flavors favors. Yeah, that well, that was their whole. I think this is like a, I think this is a Bill Simmons thing. I've heard him say or whatever, but that was like their uh, whole offense is just getting yes. the long pass, throwing up the long ball and hoping for. Uh, a, a I, we saw it in the goal. same place. I think it's a Bill Barnwell thing, but it is from uh, it is from the old uh, Grand Land or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, so. And they, I think Flacco still try, tries to do that. It does seem like P.I. is down a little bit this year. They're more focused on the quarterback yeah, I penalties. Think so. But anyway, yeah, so that, so some interest. I mean, only, it's crazy only five weeks left of the season. I mean, I guess that that's what happens when we only start uh, Mr. Zerovin in week 10 or whatever, or week uh, 8 or whatever we did. But <laughs> Fair. But uh, or I guess it was probably ten. It's it's thirteen right now this week. So let's get into it though. Unless uh, there's unless there's something else you want to talk about from week twelve, uh, we can get into the Thursday yeah. night game. Let's here. talk about the Cowboys because that's the only game from last week that I'm interested in talking about. Other than I uh, I do want to say Blake Bortles really quickly. Uh, he's officially benched in favor of my old friend uh, Goatee, as people uh, ironically said on the Browns message boards, Goatee Kessler, oh, who. I probably gives him a better chance to win than Bortles. I don't know. I mean, I think he's not really. He has to, right? He's a check down Charlie, but uh, I think he'll actually throw. I mean, they have to let him throw the ball, which they didn't let Bortles do. Well, really. the thing with Bortles is he will scramble for five to 12 yards. Yeah. I mean, who do they play this week? Let's see. The um, Oh, they're home for the Colts. I mean, they're going to need to put, put some points on the board against a pretty good Colts team right now, um, better than I thought they'd be this year. I mean, luck, luck obviously, has a lot to do with that being healthy again yeah. but uh, and in his old form. But um, the the Colts surprised me a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I, I was ready for them to be bad. Uh, they've The front office changes they made a year ago, a couple years ago, uh, they have really helped that team out. Luck has a team around him now. Um, he and Russell Wilson, two excellent quarterbacks, uh, had the two worst O-lines in the league for a very long time. Uh, but uh, mm-hmm. both teams seem to have fixed that, so that's nice. Yeah, I don't know. The Colts waited way too long to change over that front office. So that was Yeah, they baffling. waited three season-ending injuries for what we assumed was a generational talent at quarterback. So, yeah, I would say that's too long. What about um, the... Well, I want to play our... I'm actually going to give you double duty for this Thursday night game, which is Saints at Cowboys here, because there's two fun segments I like that this could could work for. But what about the game last week? You you had something to say about that? The Cowboys? Oh, that was the Thanksgiving game, of course. Yeah, I was I was convinced that we were going to lose that game, even though uh, I was certain that we were going to win. I don't like that Colt McCoy seemed so rattled. He's one of the best sixty quarterbacks in in the world. 
he happened to be playing a great defense on four days of rest. I don't care what shitty, stupid, racist team he plays for. Like, he was about to cry on national TV after that second interception, and I felt terrible. I didn't want to win the game at that point. And that may say more about me than the Washington Redskins, but uh, that game, that and the feeling of, oh, we're just going to give this away, which of course we didn't. We won the game, obviously. Uh, made that a miserable experience. Also, I was drunk midday, and it was Thanksgiving, but... Yeah, see, that that just highlights the difference between me and you, I think, young game ball. I I can't relate. I mean, yeah, getting getting drunk at Thanksgiving, you're seeing your team whoop up on a, on one of your most hated rivals. Uh, I mean, McCoy, he just kind of has that cry face, I think, a little bit. That's just kind of his face a no, little bit. No, he was bit. going to cry. And I think I'm a person... Yeah. Who, like, is often going to cry. Like, I get that face a lot. And it it didn't feel good to watch him almost cry on national television. In third grade, I was in a peewee baseball league. And we moved from slow pitch, machine machine pitch, I mean, to, like, having actual pitchers. uh, And I just couldn't keep up. And I got struck out all the fucking time. And every time I struck out, I would, like, waddle my fat baby ass back to the dugout. (laughs) And just start weeping. And, like, my parents were terrible at consoling me. Just like, why the fuck are you crying? This is f- it's just baseball. And my teammates were making fun of me. And I never truly recovered from it as a person. Uh, and watching Colt McCoy almost cry on national television because he couldn't beat the Dallas Cowboys on four days of, of like, warning wasn't a great experience for me. All right. I mean, there's a couple things I wanted to mention there. I uh, First, look, Tom Hanks already said there's no crying in baseball. <laughs> so, you know... But second of all, do you say they're a machine-pitched team? Uh, yeah, so in the American South where I was playing my, my peewee baseball, there was T-ball, and then you moved on after like one or two seasons of that to a machine pitch, which just you're in a bat- the, the, your pitcher is the machine from a batting cage. Um, and then after one or two years of that, a real person plays a pitcher, and at that age... We are starting to identify people who could be pitchers for, like, junior and senior high school baseball teams in five years. And yeah. it didn't go well for me batting against those people. That's wild. I mean, that we definitely didn't have that in the Midwest, at least where I'm from. There was no machine. Like, it was from T-ball, it was called coach pitch. And your coach, like, one of the parents would just throw a pitch to the kids until the kids did. You didn't have that? No. Um, our softball leagues did like my cousins had coach pitch softball uh but we used batting machines huh. i was in texas and louisiana at the time oh i wonder if they got this around at, around where i'm from now or or if it's just a regional thing well that's it yeah i mean i know that You're certainly a was a year fun. older than me it, it might it might have just been a year uh year gap thing yeah, i mean <laughs> it doesn't really make sense but and to me, but anyway, I guess that really wasn't the point. That's what I'm focusing on, which is not your point at all. You, you, your your point was about empathy, right? Even though Cole McCoy, like, yeah, his whole life, or, you know, at least, how old is he? Like, our, around I our age, so. I would say, I guess. So for 85% of his life, he's been the best. Or who knows when he's a baby. Let's say 75% of his life, he's been one of the best athletes on the planet. Uh, probably everything coming well, to him. Well, here's the thing about Colt McCoy. Like, he's still one of the best athletes on the planet. Not many people yeah. are athletes. Exactly, yeah. But it's not because of, like, you You are a competitor like he is, like a fierce competitor, and you know what it's like to just come up short or 
whatever. No, it's like specifically because I know what it's like to come up short. I thought I was very clear it about is. that. Well, you you were just saying because you like. Well, I mean, yeah, come up short. I'm talking about come up short as like you're already a fierce competitor. You you know you're in a close game, you lose. Not that you just didn't have, uh, you know, that particular skill. Right, right, right. Like Peyton Manning never cried when he lost a game, or when he settled a suit for sexually assaulting a woman in college. I don't know if he can cry. I mean, he might... That might, just might not Maybe be he's a, a robot. I can't picture him doing it. But as someone who also is kind of robotic a little bit emotionally, I, got, I still got to go on that I'm side, sorry, so, so. You're, you're siding with Peyton Manning over your co-host? No, 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 not Peyton Well, I guess it sounded like that. But just uh, just in the terms of... Lacking empathy for people that are about to cry. Fair. No, fair. never mind. That's not. That's not true. That's so. Not true. When you play video but, games, like you're you're, you're well, the bad guy. Like you love doing like taking the dialogue option. That's just like, man, fuck you and your horse. Yeah, I mean, maybe I would be if I did play video games, which I really don't. Uh, but so, not the best example for me. But um, but yeah, I can root. I can get behind. I mean, when I'm watching shows whatever I, I can not not root for the bad guy necessarily but i mean i like a fun villain i like some diabolical actions from the characters for sure, for sure. and like i loved the uh like zeke picking dak up and putting him in the bell um the the salvation army kettle a throwback to his own celebration he also threw uh 21 dollars into yeah this league is fucking bullshit and it doesn't want anyone to have any fun and it doesn't care about the player's safety but it keeps saying it cares about the player's safety so i'm conflating those two things right now to say that it's okay that zeke uh celebrated in a way that the league has deemed unacceptable for the did the largely white league offices have deemed unacceptable for the largely black populace that play the game to act i think that that celebration was fine Anyway, I was really enjoying. I was really enjoying winning that game until it looked like Colt McCoy was gonna cry, and then I just had to like start drinking more. Like it, it wasn't great for me. Yeah, did you cry after you drank? No, more? I didn't cry. Okay, did I just thought of celebrations now? Since I had to get off this whole point, yeah, anyway. we need to move on. <laughs> did, did you see the? Uh, I I believe it was the the aforementioned Seahawks. Did the um. The, the Iverson stepping over Ty Lue uh, celebration. They choreographed it nearly perfectly. Yeah, they've, Seattle's had some really good ones this year, I would say. I can't remember a specific example of another one offhand, but I've noticed they've had some I really was really good impressed ones. also by the Chicago Bears defense having these, uh, like, celebrations planned out. They did, like, the Motown thing. Did you see that one? The Motown one? I don't think yeah, I saw Yeah, like, one. the entire defense lined up behind the person who ran the pickback. And, like, we're, they were doing, like, a, like a shoop-left, shoop-right situation. And the person was pretending to sing into the football. I forget the man's name. Um, and then the last person there, uh, who was just, like, too far down the field to make it to be a part of that, got in front of the whole group and was just, like, doing a little jazz hands like he was in the audience and loving it. <laughs> oh, you know it what? Was, I think I did see delightful. it. delightful. I think I did see it. I think I was thinking it was like some throwback to like the Super Bowl shuffle or something, maybe. But I guess you know what? I, I guess it might be. Yeah. Uh, I'm. I was born five years after the Super Bowl shuffle. Yeah, I mean, I I wasn't around for it. It's heyday either. But I that would that's still what I associate with the Bears. I, I was here for the Greg Olson rap at Miami. The what is that one? Now? The like oh nine two thousand. Not Greg Olson. Uh, Jeremy Shockey. 
Okay, yeah, that makes more sense the to Miami me. The yeah. Miami football team, uh, Hurricanes, released like a, like a team rap video throwing, throwing back, I guess, to the Super Bowl shuffle right before their college football championship over Boston College? What, but Jeremy Shockey was... That he was well, it was well past 09 that he was. Then maybe in it was Greg Olson. It might be Greg, not 09, like 99. Sorry. Oh, okay, yeah, that's probably in the shocky then. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's 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 a lot of good ones. All right, we we went pretty far afield of this the Saints Cowboys game tonight. We spent a lot of time on things that are not the Saints Cowboys game. It's gonna start before by the time we we actually get into it. But good stuff anyway, though. We're yeah, we're going all over the place today. I do I do like it. But let's. There's two segments. You know, one of course is point and agree, where uh, I point at you to tell me why your team is gonna win this game. So doing that one, you would have to tell me why the Cowboys are gonna win. But a side wrinkle to this one, I could also make you argue for the saints in my newer game which is of course take me home talk me out in which case looking you know that's that's a home dog that i kind of want to take and you have to tell me why they won't win that the road favorite will win i'm looking at this week 13 slate that's the only really take me home talk me out that even jumps out at me is the cowboys over the saints here so i mean we could just do one or the other, or do you think you can handle both? It would kind of be like playing point-counterpoint against yourself. Yeah, no, I'm comfortable playing both point-counterpoint or point-degree, where I tell you why the Cowboys are going to beat the Saints, and then talking you out of taking the Cowboys over the Saints. Which one's better to do first? I think you want me to talk about the Cowboys' uh, chances at winning first. Okay, so point and agree. Points and agree, Cowboys be the Saints. All right, so the six and five Cowboys at the ten and one New Orleans Saints. We have a history of beating the undefeated or nearly undefeated team late in the season. We beat Indianapolis in '06. We beat the Saints actually in '09. We beat the Seahawks in 2013. This happens. Like the the Cowboys beat the team that, that has been blowing everybody away. Uh, late in the season when the people are kind of overlooking a decent Cowboys team. And this is a decent Cowboys team, especially with the addition of, of Amari Cooper and the... It just sounded like Xander wanted to get a yeah, point in Yeah, Xander there. loves... Is his name Kyle Vandenbosch or Leighton Vandenbosch? Oh, Leighton Vander Esch. Leighton Vander Esch. Kyle Vandenbosch was another man. Thank you. I'm a little drunk. Xander loves Leighton Vander Esch. Uh, he's actually really fucking good. He does all the things that Sean Lee does. But his body's not made of dust. And yes, he's yes. really, like, him taking Sean Lee's role instead of doing the things that they were asking him to do that weren't, you know, Leighton Van Der Esch things, uh, is really freeing up the rest of our defense. Uh, I talked about it last week. Our pass rush is impeccable right now. Our middle-level defense is impeccable. Our, our linebackers, they're, they're good. Like, Jalen Smith, the guy that two years ago I was just furious uh, that we took with the second round because he wasn't going to play for a, uh, with the first pick in the second round because he wasn't going to play for a year. I didn't yeah. understand it at all. He has really come along and making me eat my words. The problem is our corners, but, I mean, that is how you build a defense, right? Like, you can't have everything. So if you're going to focus on one thing, make it Drew Brees and his, you know, motley crew of receivers, plus that one guy who may be one of the ten best receivers in the league. Uh, is his name Michael Brown? Michael, Michael Thomas. Thomas. 
I would say 10 is even low. Like, he's probably top five at this point. This yeah, year, he's real fucking good. We don't have the corners to stop him, but we do have the defense to stop most of the other weapons on that offense. The problem is the rules and the scheme. Like, you do worry. Uh, their offense is 23.4% more efficient than average. Our defense is right around average, but that is taking in early season outcomes. That's weighing down... You know, our numbers from recent weeks where we've been, you know, pretty stout or a bit intangibly, uh, you know, we've had that bend but don't break thing that people always talk about, uh, which I kind of think is bullshit, but not when I'm arguing for the Cowboys. Anyway, what I'm saying is we often play spoiler for these teams that, like, this game doesn't matter to them necessarily. They're going to be the, fr- the one or two seed in the playoffs, uh, and they've been overlooking the Cowboys, and they don't need to, like get their hands dirty this late in the season they're kind of like resting some guys saving some players for the playoffs we do this and our team is coming on hot at the exact right time for us to do this again you know what young game ball that sounds sounds like i should go put all my money on the cowboys tonight yeah i mean they're they're an underdog at home i think the, the line i saw was like five and a half or six but you convinced me i better go place a sizable wager on the Cowboys. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're going to take the home dog? What? Oh, I mean, I was going to take me home. Are are you going to talk me out? Yeah, I'd like to talk you out of this. Oh, I guess. Uh, The New Orleans Saints are the third best team in the league by DVOA. The only two teams ahead of them are Kansas City and the Rams, which famously the New Orleans Saints and the uh, Los Angeles Rams only lost. In addition to, rather, having... You know, a Hall of Famer at quarterback and one of the best three quarterbacks in the league any given year for the last 15, 10, let's say 10 years. Drew Brees at quarterback, who I just want to follow me around every day, throwing me touchdowns at random moments in my day to boost my self-esteem, which, as we discussed earlier, is a bit low at times. Yes. Also, you have mentioned that that's what I would consider somewhat strange fantasy in the past I, I as love well. Drew Brees, man. He doesn't have a lot of people to throw to, but he does have, like you said, one of the league's, you know, top 10, maybe a little low for him, uh, wide receivers. He's, well, he's caught uh, just about Michael Thomas. He's on pace, at least, to set the record for receptions in a year of any receiver in one season. Like, that's how much they got. Yeah, that's insane to me. Uh, They have a slightly better than average defense at 14th by DVOA. They're 2.2% more efficient than the average uh, defense this year. And, you know, defenses don't even matter, so being average is, like, whatever. Their offense is 23.4% more efficient than the average offense in the year of the offense. The Dallas Cowboys defense, by comparison, they're good. They're good. They're very good. But they're at 13th. They're, you know, 0.3 points more efficient than the Rams defense. So it's not like while I said earlier that the stat skews a bit towards earlier frustrations, it's not like we've been much better than the Saints on defense. And their offense is just so much better than us. Dak is may not be a Hall of Famer. Like, we don't know yet, but like he may not be a Hall of Famer. And I'm telling you that Drew Brees is. Drew Brees, uh, other podcasts, shout out to other podcasts, everyone who's playing the, all no, of our two... No, that doesn't exist, Eric. Come on. <laughs> all of our two listeners who are playing uh, the drinking game along with his drink. Uh, other podcasts have played, like, multiple other podcasts have played games where one host tries to get the other host to guess, like, 
whether or not they're making up the name of someone who has caught a pass by Drew Brees this season or in the last five, six years, whatever. And he's going to make mincemeat out of a Cowboys defense that everyone thought was, you know, genuinely wonderful two weeks ago. Hmm. No, wait, you're saying Dak Prescott, they haven't penciled him into the Hall of Fame already? I'm shocked. I'm saying he might not be a Hall of Famer. He might not. He might. (laughs) Now, there's one thing you didn't even mention. I don't maybe you were going to, but I, I wanted to get it out there also. That's that dome. That's in Jerry World. I mean, the t- traditionally, it seems like if Drew Brees does have a game where he struggles a little bit, it's always like in cold or you know out in the elements. Doesn't ever seem to be in a dome like the Superdome is. Right? Now at Cowboys Stadium in Arlington, Texas, we can open the roof. Oh, okay. I probably should have known that since I took a tour there before. But oh yeah, at uh, Pa Dom's wedding. That's that's right. Well, it was at his uh, bachelor party, yeah. But, well, it's still Texas. probably still kind of warm down there, right? It's not going to be, like, inclement weather tonight. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, like, 60 degrees back home, and it's a little colder there than it is in Texas. And, you know, being from the south like you are, I, w- I would think you would know how to say Nolens properly, but you never seem to do that. New Orleans? Right? Uh, but, in your opinion, are they opening the the roof tonight? I guess it's not an opinion. That's that's not an opinion, but... If I were making the decision for Jerry Jones, which I never will do, I would open the roof. Uh, I don't actually know okay. whether the roof... Yeah. Well, I guess we all will when we sit down and watch the game and they pan up overhead. I just feel like... I, I guess the reason I thought they didn't have it is because of that huge screen at the top, which seems to... Yeah, that must be suspended from, like, yeah. I don't know about architecture... Or maybe it's maybe it's only opens on either side of that or something. Or like that. maybe that huge screen because I know like punters when we first opened the stadium were trying to hit that screen. Yeah, some did, I think. Yeah. Maybe it's suspended from like other beams and like the roof is separate from that, like above. Then that was the the point and agree for the Cowboys as well as talk me out of the Cowboys over the Saints. How did it? You did well. I mean, based on your argument. I'm kind of leaning toward the Saints personally, which I, you know, I guess is the safer pick. But what is your actual pick for this game? Uh, we're going to lose this game by more than 15 points. More and than 15. I'm going to have to be fine with it. Wow, so you think they obliterate the spread. Well, yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, I do, you know, roof open, close the side. The Saints are due for a... Uh, a tough game or a game where they where they make some mistakes. I mean, it's just the law of averages at a certain point. You do love magical thinking. I thought I thought that I might get you with that. Like we've often played spoiler. Yeah, well, because it's not. I mean, you call it magical thinking, but to me, it's just like like I said, law of averages are. It's just like I don't mean to be an asshole. You love a storyline. Yeah, and and I do think patterns repeat themselves, and it's not always easy to see the cause of that necessarily, but it doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Or, you know, maybe someone could analytically sit down and show me the numbers of exactly why it happens, but... So, but as as a Cowboys fan, you're not confident at all in this one. No, the Saints are the second or third best team in the league by any measure, and we're not going to beat them with this team. This team that I'm very happy for. Yeah, the boys are hot too, though. I mean, they're they're on a roll, you know. Yeah, we're hot. We're hot. We are hot. All right. Well, you know, in my pool that I'm in, I already did pick the Saints, but uh, but I was interested to hear what the arguments for the Cowboys are. 
was the game you'd mentioned about like uh against the Colts or something 10 years ago or what was the similarity there uh we beat the Colts in like 2006 when they were undefeated through that season I think that's their Super Bowl season it is yeah in the Saints 2009 Super Bowl season they the Vikings and I think a team from the AFC were all into I think it might have been the Colts again uh, whom the Saints played in the Super Bowl uh, we beat the Saints after week nine at some point in that season to end their undefeated streak. And then when the Seahawks were super hot in 2014, I think they were undefeated, actually. We rolled in with a team that we didn't, tr- like we Cowboys fans, didn't truly believe in, but was getting hot. Uh, that's, I think, the year that Dez caught it. Yeah, uh, 14? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, we beat the absolute ever-loving shit out of the Seahawks, and I watched it in a Seahawks bar with my Seahawks-loving roommate from Seattle, and uh, just... Wait a minute, I thought you told me the Cowboys have never played the Seahawks before. Yeah, I'm sorry, we've never played the Seahawks in the playoffs. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. So you had a, a, a Seahawks fan friend that... Uh, you You didn't mind them crying that night, did you? Absolutely not. All right, so there is a there is a line somewhere. All right, so yeah, since we did it, yeah, we'll, we'll wrap up in a minute here. But since we did it for a couple other teams, including mine, it would only make sense to look at the Cowboys' remaining schedule here. I think. Yeah, let's do it. And uh, so obviously today against the Saints at home, Eagles at home, on the road at those Colts. That could be a tough one. That's a good game. At home versus the Bucs. How do the Bucks play every team with five games left in the season? <laughs> yeah. And then at the Giants, week 17. To me, that's looking like... Ooh. Well... We lose tonight, we lose to the Colts. Yeah, that's, I think, that's... We've already beaten the Eagles this season, so we lose to the Eagles. Uh, that means your boys would be in for a, a three-game skid here and then close out against two kind of tomato cans which could be a, a good enough to get you the division title. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. We'll have a chance to get to 8-8 eight and eight with, if everything breaks right, a playoff berth as the NFC East champions. And it will break just slightly wrong, like it did, like, I think it was last year, where the Detroit won their game and mm-hmm. it shouldn't have won. And that meant we missed the playoffs. Like, yeah. that's the kind of shit that happens to the Cowboys. Yeah. It always comes down to the wire, and we always lose. And also, I did call, I did lump them in with the tomato cans, but the Giants certainly could, you know, that that could be their Super Bowl Week 17 looking to knock the Cowboys off, which they could certainly do. You never know. Yeah, so, they absolutely could. They cannot make the playoffs, but they could no, beat the Cowboys no. in Week 17. That should about do it for Mr. Relevant today. We're getting close to the game we've been talking a lot about. I want to watch it. We got to say, we, we mentioned it a few times, but we, we got Movies Are Relevant Oscar edition coming soon. We still got to see some of these movies. But to uh, tease it a little bit, we've both seen um, the is it called The Ballad yeah, of Buster Scruggs, Coen Brothers, new film on Netflix. I saw from your Twitter uh, your Twitter opinions, you, you aren't too hot on it, it sounds like. Yeah, it's just like, what if you watched... Do I want to do this, or do I want to save it? No, 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 save your, uh, save your opinion for now. I'm going to save it. All I was going to say was, I, I saw that you weren't... You didn't seem into it. I thought it was pretty good. I definitely, I'm sure, liked it better than you, based on what you were saying on Twitter. You certainly liked it more than me. But so we're going to debate that one, maybe, and talk about some other films... Hopefully in the next couple, uh, next week or two here, look out for that. Look out for the next Misters Irrelevant where we get, you know, we got to see what happens in this game. And 
the rest from week 13. All those other games we talked about? That's right. I hope my Brownies can upset the Texans, who's speaking of winning streaks and all that and being due for a loss or whatever it is. They certainly are. Not that I'm predicting it or anything, but we'll be back to talk about all of it. In the meantime, unless there is any last words you want to say on Game Ball, we'll get on out of here. No, you know what? Xander Xander just wants me to let you guys know that she loves Leighton Vendorash. Okay, yeah, sorry, I didn't go to Xander for her last words. Yeah, I mean, that was pretty rude of you. Yeah, I mean, I probably would have even said his last words, considering Xander is a male character on on Buffy, but not not so for your cats, then. Yeah, well, she's a girl cat in life, so... Got it, got it. So she's uh, stutter, because I heard that actor apparently used to stutter a lot. That was, like, the thing about him. Also, fun fact about that actor, he has a twin, and for two episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, when he was, air quotes, sick read struggling with drugs he actually played xander really that's like that's like the classic bet twins do in like grade school like sneaking in to take a test or something that happened in a hollywood production yeah there's an episode where like the the everyone like knew that everyone working behind the scenes all obviously knew that like uh nicholas brendan had a twin um there was an episode where like xander gets split in half and it's like all his like loser qualities and all his like cool guy qualities mm-hmm. get separated oh and, i've seen uh, it his brother plays cool xander but then also later in that season he had like a drug thing or maybe he was air quotes sick uh yeah. i will not i will not uh commit slander on this podcast he was air quotes sick <laughs> and uh his brother stepped in to play him in that episode you won't commit xander slander huh i won't god damn it all right, that's where that's where it ends. Uh, all right, we'll be back soon. Peace. Enjoy football this week. Bye, guys.